Thank you, Brother Terry. Thank all of you for taking part in worship this morning. If you brought your Bibles, please turn to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. We want to look at verses 8 through 11. And this morning I'd like to share a sermon that I've entitled Genuine Repentance. Genuine Repentance. Uh, I guess it's been over a month ago God spoke to me in regards to uh, uh, genuine repentance. And I'm afraid that oftentimes in church today, or in churches today, that uh, we don't have genuine repentance. And so we want to look at repentance this morning, and we talk about genuine repentance. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, and I want to look at verses, start reading with verse 8. Paul is, is sharing with the Corinthian church, For even if I made you sorry with my letter, I do not regret it. Though I did regret it, for I perceive that the same epistle made you sorry, Though only for a while. Now I rejoice not that you were made sorry, but that your sorrow led to repentance. For you were made sorry in a godly manner that you might suffer loss from us in nothing. For godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation, not to be regretted. But the sorrow of the world produces death. For observe this very thing, that you sorrowed in a godly manner. What diligence is produced in you, what clearing of yourselves, what indignation, what fear, what vehement desire, what zeal, what vindication in all things, you prove yourselves to be clear in this matter. Heavenly Father, I thank you for an opportunity we've had to come and worship you in song and praise and hymns, and now, Father, for you to speak to us in your word. And Father, I pray now as we focus our thoughts on your word in regards to genuine repentance, I pray that we can make a an evaluation, self-evaluation, not evaluating others, but self-evaluating ourselves, Father, in regards to our repentance. Help us to see the importance of repentance. Help us to see, Lord, the fruits of repentance. Thank you for this time that we've had to worship and this time we've had to Hear your word, now your spirit will work in our hearts, and I pray for each person here, and I make this prayer in Jesus' name, amen. Someone has said that regret is the unresolved issue of the day. Regret is the unresolved issue of our day. How many of you uh, have regrets this morning? Anyone have any regrets? You just raise your hand. Anybody have any regrets? Things that you wish that you had done differently. 
Maybe things that you wish that you could go back and change, but you can't go back and change them. But God himself has made provision in his son, Jesus Christ, for our regrets. And so just keep in mind, everyone has regrets. But God has provided repentance for us to deal with our regrets. So the question is, how do you know if you have truly repented? How do you know if you truly repented, or maybe you just regret? Maybe there's, you regretted something and you truly didn't repent of it. You just regretted it. So how do you know if you have truly regretted? What are the results of genuine repentance? Uh, we've all heard uh, of cheating spouses who, who promise they'll never do it again. I was thump, flipping through the channels the other day and I came through a TV program entitled Cheaters. You probably have looked at that program from time to time. It's about spouses cheat on each other and we're all aware of cheating spouses and they promise I'll never do it again I mean I'll never do it again I mean that was the first time be the last time I'll never do it again but the question is but will they will they how do you know that it's safe to trust someone after they say that I'm sorry someone who suffers from an addiction says, okay, I, I'm caught. I, I won't do it anymore. That was the last time. That was the last drink. That was the, that was the last shot. That was the last pill. That was, that was it. I'm, I'm through with it. I'm finished with it. Uh, that's it. Never again. I'm through with it all. How do you know they're through with it all? What about someone who says hurtful things to you? To other people, and they say, well, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that, I won't say it anymore, shouldn't have said it then. You'll never hear that from me again. I'll take it back. It, it won't happen again. Have you ever said anything that you regretted? The question is, did they really mean what they said when they repented? question really is, did I really mean what I said when I repented? Can we really know if we've repented? What is, how does genuine repentance look in our lives? Luke chapter 3, verse 8 says this, the A part of that verse says, Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. Now look at that. Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. The point is, there's fruits of repentance. An apple tree bears apples, and as apples are to apple trees, there's fruit that comes from our repentance. There should be some fruit hanging from my life if I have truly rooted myself in repentance. There should be some fruit from your life if you have truly rooted yourself in repentance. So the point is, there's fruit in repentance. Jesus said it this way, By their fruits you shall know them, in Luke 3, 8. 
Look, if you will, at uh, Acts chapter 26, verse 20. Acts 26, verse 20. I'll read it from the screen. But he declared first to those in Damascus and to Jerusalem and throughout all the region of Judea, and then to the Gentiles, that they should repent, turn to God, and do works befitting repentance. Do works befitting repentance. Do works, show fruit befitting repentance. This fruit of repentance is actually a deed. It's, it's works, it's action. In other words, when repentance is in the heart, there's some things that a person is engaged in, things that we're doing. Therefore, you say that you've repented, and if you have repented, there's some things that you should be doing. There's some works of repentance. They're fruits of repentance. If you say, well... You know, I'm sorry, then you need to be doing some things. Spouses, parents, children. The point is, if I'm really sorry, you don't have to worry about it anymore. It's not going to come back up, it's not going to happen again. Why is that? Because I've repented. So remember, fruits of repentance are actions, are deeds that accompany repentance. I'm talking about genuine heart-changed repentance. If you have genuinely repented and had this heart change about you, then there should be some action that accompanies that repentance to show forth fruit of repentance. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, look at verse 10. For godly sorrow, now some translations have godly grief. For godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation not to be regretted. So how do you know, how do I know that I've experienced genuine repentance? First of all, godly sorrow is evident. Let's talk about godly sorrow. There is godly sorrow. Verse, verse, uh, verse 10, for godly sorrow produces repentance. There's godly sorrow. Paul's writing a letter to the church at Corinth. It's a church who's somewhat fleshly and they're living. And Paul's writing this letter and he's pretty bold in writing the letter. Look at verse 8, chapter 7, verse 8. He says this, For even I made you sorry with my letter, I do not regret it, though I did regret it. For I perceive that the same epistle made you sorry, though only for a while. Paul said, listen, it wasn't that I wanted to make you sorry. I didn't want to make you cry. And I don't want to make anybody cry at church or cry in here this morning. That's not my intent. That wasn't Paul's intent. He says, I don't want to see you cry. Verse 9, look at it. Now I rejoice that you were made sorry, that your sorrow led to repentance. For you were made sorry in a godly manner that you might suffer loss from us for nothing. So this grief, this sorrow is like an on-ramp to repentance. You have this godly sorrow and then it shoots you toward repentance. Godly sorrow is the beginning of repentance. The Greek word for repentance 
is used 26 times in the New Testament. Half of those times are used in 2 Corinthians. And half of those times in 2 Corinthians are used in this text. And so we have this most concentrated teaching in all of Scripture about how a person feels if they truly repent. I think I repented. Uh, I believe I've repented. How do I feel if I repented? First of all, there's this godly sorrow. There's this godly grief. Put it another way. There's this soul pain. There's this internal hurting deep inside. If you've genuinely repented, you're not repenting because you're crying. You're not repenting because you don't cry. There's something that's happening on the inside that's really hurting. Really hurting. Soul pain. It's what the disciples felt when Jesus announced his crucifixion in Matthew 17, 23. The scripture says they were exceedingly sorrowful. Soul pain. Internal hurting. Soul pain. The same type of pain this rich young ruler felt when the Lord, when he loved his possessions more than he loved the Lord in Matthew 19.22, when the Bible says that he went away sorrowful, sorrowful, soul pain, internal pain, hurting. So when, we, when we're choosing to sin, and we're kindly overconfident when we sin, we're kindly determined to sin, we're kindly willfully sinning, but all of that goes away when we repent. In other words, I'm not willfully sinning anymore. I'm not confident in my sin. I'm not determined to sin. I'm frightened, really, to sin all of that other went away when I truly, genuinely repented. 